0: You're listening to the Wild 7 Podcast Network. Listen different. And in conclusion, ladies and gentlemen, I leave you tonight with a quote from Hamlet. Act 5, Scene 1. Wherein Horatio... That most trusted friend of friends, after hearing the Prince of Denmark declare one of many existential diatribes on life and death, replies to him, Good my lord, do chill the fuck out and let us hit this fat ass joint. In the words of Alex Rogers, Episode 15, 20th Century Below. Bienvenidos, mis amigos, a la programa En las Palabras de Alejandro Royer. Bienvenue, mes amis. Au programme dans les mots d'Alexandre Roger Welcome my friends, to the program that is called, in the words of Alex Rogers. And this is Alex Rogers, who else baby, recording and reporting from a timeless zone in which your listening is the now. And hallelujah, I say to that. Let's just settle down here for a moment and take some deep breaths and just kind of check in, look in each other's eyes and just kind of soul stare. When I look at your eyes, I just kind of imagine myself living in them and you wouldn't have to blink. I'd keep them nice and moist for you. Well... Excuse me, as I scratch my beard, that probably sounded real, uh, real, real amplified for you, like a caterpillar crunching into leaves. Um, how y'all doing? I hope this week has been treating you well. I hope you're treating yourselves well. And darn it, isn't that just the big lesson that we often come back to? Are you treating yourself well? Have you been kind to yourself? When's the last time you gave yourself a little pat on the back? How about a little pat on the heart? How about a little, hey man? How about a, hey lady? You doing okay? Isn't it funny though? It's, it's, it, I know, you know, we all know. <clears throat> that this is a source of truth. That self-love is where it's at. But I don't know about y'all. When I hear that, I still get so uh, yeah, I know this, but shut the fuck up. I don't want to love myself. <laughs> friend of mine, she, she was being very helpful to me the other day. She's in fact the, the, the lady who uh, does the music for this show, for the, uh, for the beginning and for the ending. Inca Rose, powerful sorceress, and a great reminder to me at all times of what's up. And she reminded me the other day about how I need to be, because, you know, I was having a downward spiral, and I was, as we do, kind of reaching out and blaming many other things for my situation, and she was like, well, you know, maybe you need to hug yourself a little bit more. And I just retorted right back, I don't want to hug myself anymore! (laughs) (laughs) But she is 1,000% correct. And I can see that because right now I'm not drowning. When you're at least a few nostrils and hopefully a few lips above water, you're able to look around. And as long as you're treading and not fretting, you can kind of go, yeah, you know what? I need to swim for myself a little bit more. I need to carry myself a little bit more. And isn't it funny how... If we don't feel the gift of empowerment, it feels like a chore, like a drag, like a sentence. This is now your lot. You have to now get yourself through life one painful step at a time. Ay ay ay. I mean, we don't set out to do that, right? No one actually goes out. No one looks in the mirror at the beginning of their life and goes, all right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to get real bitter. We're going to go out. We're going to say, I'm fed up with everything. I'm going to do a job that doesn't make me happy. And I'm going to make friends that aren't exactly fulfilling or even real. But it happens. It happens because we fall into roles and we fall into patterns. And hopefully, again, we come up for breath (sighs) And we remember that beautiful wonder And speaking of beautiful wonder I'm part of the Wild 7 group Very proud to be a part of it Ever so grateful that they host this show And my good buddy, Mr. Nas Red With whom you are familiar at this point And if you're not, shame on you, because without him, we would not be coming to you. The man is always got a plate spinning. Now, what do I mean by that? He is creating at all times. If he ain't writing two things, he's writing three things. If he hasn't drawn one image, he's projecting another image. If he ain't talking about one idea, he's got five more ideas cooking in the background. I mean, I hope to even get two things done in a given year. And what's cool about having a friend like Nas is that he is just ever-producing, ever-dreaming, and ever-creating. So what's he up to recently? He has written and commissioned an artist for and fully published issue number one of Killer Comanche. This is something that Nasred created, wrote, crafted over time. He's made a hero. A hero of old fable and of contemporary need. And if you like things like Django Unchained... Kung Fu, the old series, Old West pulp, little bit of sorcery, and a couple old surprises that I dare not spoil in this little blurb, then I highly recommend check out this comic book. Oh, did I even make that point earlier of what Killer Comanche even is? Yeah, in terms of... yeah. Well, if I didn't make it absolutely clear, it's a comic book. It's done very, very well. Uh, you know, and I I must admit, folks, I'm not really sure when I'm supposed to say comic book versus graphic novel, but imagine if, uh, you know, uh, this ain't no Archie comic book, okay? All right? This is akin to a graphic novel, but, you know, we love comic books, so even just the term comic book, Alex, I think uh, I think they get it. All right. Thank you very much, Cindy Lou Who. You sound different this week, Cindy Lou Who. Well, you know, I've aged 45 years. Oh. You can go to the Wild 7 website. Also, just look at the bottom of this episode. You'll see the links and whatnot. Y'all know where you're finding this. Go to the main source. Check this out. It's an amazing read. It's a hell of a lot of fun. The uh, images are fantastic and uh, just inspiring, man. we, We all should create a comic book, I think. Well, this week, I've been keeping myself pretty okay with a continual consumption of pulp fiction. And I don't mean the movie, which is fantastic, but I really do mean old pulp literature. I've been reading stuff from the 1930s, from the 1960s and 70s, the good old days. And without even quite planning it, but it sort of happens to be this way, I've been finding source materials of things that I love in the pantheon of cinema and both their literary and cinematic incarnations are wonderfully throned in the pageant of genre. Things like Shaft, Barbarella, Conan. I even found the original novel source of a Clint Eastwood movie that a lot of you forgot he made early in his directing career called High Plains Drifter. Kind of a psychedelic ghost story western in a way. And man, it's just so much fun. These are not the most sophisticated pieces of literature. Sometimes they're a little clunky. Sometimes they're downright (laughs) tone-deaf compared to what would be expected or accepted today. You know, a lot of these things uh, take place in a time where it was a lot more brutal. We're in this interesting time period now where people are retroactively canceling things. Cancel John Wayne! Cancel Dr. Seuss! Whoa! Whoa! You know, I got news for the younger listeners out there. Anything you find in book form, in movie form, in music form, really in any consumable entertainment form, and if it was made in a year that starts with the number 19 or earlier, so 20th century below, man, you... It's not going to be up to speed with what's acceptable today. It just ain't. Guys, we're not that far removed from the 90s. And you can find a lot of things that you thought were just perfect when you watched them as a kid or even as a younger adult in the 90s. Seemed cool, seemed fine, seemed even perfectly of its time. Well, now you realize it's... Kind of of its time in a kind of, and we ought to keep it in its time. But the '90s wasn't that long ago, and there's a hell of a lot of laughably tone-deaf, dumb shit that had happened, just like in every other decade. I mean, for example, that novel High High Blains High Blames Drifter. Do you have any High Blames today? Well, man. I smoked this like really wicked spliff but it's having an opposite effect on me instead of being stoned i'm blaming everyone high blames drifter he'll point his green finger at you uh high plains drifter that's um that's a it's, it's a brutal fucking story and it's actually i think it's supposed to be brutal Um, It's got all the content that makes R ratings happen. We'll just put it that way. But the main point I want to bring up about that is it's an example of something that you just have to take for what it is for its time. And not just novels like that, but movies like that. Folks, if it's about the Old West, and it was made in the 1970s, that's like, you're asking a lot of either one of those aspects to be woke, 1970s, and then making something about say the 1870s, I, that, you know that's just that's that's double canine teeth right there. That's like if you want that to be uh, conscientious and and uh, sensitive towards all walks of life, you might as well ask a wolf to become a vegetarian. It's just kind of a silly, misled notion, I think, to. Um, retroactively censor or ignore or put away how things were uh, talked about and you know what's funny too is that like (laughs) that's a okay like a brutal fucking world like say a sam peckinpah film that's a lot of 60s and 70s stuff and he shows you a really violent west where people are not treated well, and you can imagine anyone shy of being a butch white man gets extra maltreatment. So, you know, you understand what's happening. It's a brutal fucking thing. It's stylistically done very well, and it shows also just a gritty fucking past. And of that time, in the 60s and 70s, plenty of injustices and horrible maltreatments to those same exact groups were happening. Now, do we then go, I don't want that. Can't we have something more romantic and lush like an older movie, like, oh, wait a second, like John Ford Westerns with Mr. John Wayne himself? People who were all, and look, I'm not here to make war on anyone's heroes, or even to help anyone add the hate to people who you find to be very upsetting. If John Wayne is one of your heroes, I get it. If you're finding yourself disgusted by anything you see or heard about him, I get it too. But here's the thing, folks. It's just funny how, like, (laughs) in those Westerns, I have a friend, my friend Alec in New York, he has a he has a, a very funny uh sound effect for uh basically that kind of golden era of Hollywood westerns, especially the John Ford pictures. It's westerns where everything sounds like this, you know. It, we're we're a few years away from the Ennio Morricone badass soundtracks of the spaghetti westerns, or even some of those really good Lalo Schifrin or Jerry Fielding's soundtracks of the 70s with those Eastwood films and those uh, Peckinpah films, etc. So... Those clean cut movies, those beautiful images, where, you know, that's also kind of a fairy tale West. Everyone's all clean shaven and it has kind of a wholesome feel. We're not showing the rape. The racism is definitely there, but it's so cozy. You almost just kind of feel like, well, I mean, that's, that's, uh, yeah. But what's funny is that's just as insulting as any other time period. But you can take the movies for what they are. And sometimes they also show exactly what they are and what the time period was okay with. For example, uh, this one used to be on everyone's top 10 list, and now we can't even stream it anymore, right? Which is um, Gone with the Wind. Now, different subject. We're we're switching over to, you know, this big, like, (laughs) post-Civil War epic. But my god, I mean, yes, that film is... I I always thought that film was insulting to everyone's intelligence. Scarlet on the Hill. I will never go hungry again, bitch. You were hungry for what, a day? You've had slaves in your family for generations. How, How well have they been eating? Stop it with your one day of poverty. Get the fuck out of here dating a KKK member. And guess what? I didn't make that up right now. Rhett Butler is with the KKK. I don't know if he's putting on the white sheets at night, but he's definitely doing some uh, gun running for them or some smuggling for them. That's for damn sure. So listen, folks, that's what it is. And for many years, it was celebrated as a great American classic. And as of late, they're ripping that down from all streaming services. And... I'm of the mind where, can we walk the middle ground? Look, folks, it ain't that good. I don't like it either. It's a bullshit story. I think it's a fucking... I mean, yes, yes, the soundtrack, the, the the colors, is yeah, that's lovely. That could be about anything. Why does it have to show, basically, a glorified slave-owning culture? Maybe that's an oversimplification. Maybe it's not. But you know what it should be? It should be available... For people to judge for themselves. Because this is a complicated and, yes, racist-ass country. And to shuffle the movies it's made under the rug ain't gonna help the situation. You ask me, movies like Gone with the Wind should be there, on display, so people can go, look at this bullshit. You know what's more injurious than that? There's a film called... Birth of a Nation, it's a silent film. I believe, someone maybe check this for me before I burn the house down. This is in the Library of Congress, I believe, as like, you know, a sacred film. Because why? I believe it's the first feature-length movie that we have in America by a renowned filmmaker. Well, you know what it's about? it's a film that pretty much glorifies the KKK. The movie is so racist that the black characters are played by white men in blackface. Oh yeah. And this movie, I, look, I took a film class at a college, and I know I told you all that I'm A non-college graduate at some point, so someone might say, "Wait, what what do we mean at college? You said you were a non-college graduate." It's very true. I went to junior college for a second, and uh, I I I just went there just for you know my own purposes, not to get uh, any sort of paper or degree or to make it a stopover to some more important thing. No, I went there to learn, and uh, I took a film class. And even then, we're talking like two thousand. Four, five? The Birth of a Nation at that point, that movie, the old silent movie, that one was uh, still pretty much kind of known as, you know, one of the great original movies of America. And it's also kind of about the KKK. And we don't really acknowledge that moving over their lives. You know what I mean? It, it Like, we all knew what it was about, but people weren't really kind of condemning it. And I think we should condemn it. And the way you condemn it is you keep it there. You don't rip it out of the Library of Congress. You remind everyone, oh yeah, it's there. This is what America was okay with. So all of these things from, from books, and look, I, I guys, I'm not even that aware of, of, I mean, look, Seuss, Dr. Seuss, whatever you all have an issue with him, even that guy, Who's, who's who's doing something for kids. And we don't even know if he even liked kids or not. For all we know, he was like these little fuckers. I don't know. I write these silly characters just to just to make the damn bills. Who knows? I don't know. Haven't done the research. Y'all can let me know. But did he delight you? Did you get a nice story? A lot of us loved his stuff. And back to funny enough junior college that I was talking about a moment ago. In those years where I took my own curriculum, where I did the school of Alex Rogers, the first few years of it, I'm still in that school, by the way. <laughs> we ain't graduating till it's really time to graduate. Know what I mean? Uh, but in that time, I uh, did a handful of plays and even one musical. And I did Susical the Musical. I played the Cat in the Hat. Of course I did. Come on now. And it was a blast It was the only play, I was about to sound like Ricardo Montalban in Escape from the Planet of the Apes. The only chimpanzee to be born in a circus. The only musical to be extended for a further weekend at the college. Yeah, it 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 was a cool event. We had a really good show. But guess what? Had we done that today, we would have been canceled. Or we probably, like, let's say we were in the middle of rehearsals. And then everyone has to get this memo about how we're not allowed to like him anymore. (gasps) We would have lost all of our audiences. Now look, for all I know, next week there's going to be a further story where it's like, and then we found further proof of alliances to white power. and Whatever. The point is, we don't know to what extent people are ignorant or like card-carrying conscientious racists. Is that actually a thing? A conscientious racist? I mean, that's my word for someone who is proudly so and doesn't have an issue being very open about it, you know? But there's a broad spectrum. A very wise woman once told me, it's not whether you're racist or not, it's about what degree you have racism in you. It's part of the geography of this society, especially if we're talking U.S. America. I mean, come on! You're talking about, and this isn't my quote. This is kind of the general uh, outraged condensed sentence that's true that people know nowadays, which is, this is a country that was founded on slavery and genocide. And yes, before all of you diehards with the hands on your hearts are all like, how can you reduce it to that? There's been so many accomplishments and so many achievements. Yeah, I know. I like living here. I do. I like it so much and I love the thing that we're still trying to figure out here government-wise because I get to be on a podcast and say shit that I may not even be completely correct that next week I might change my mind about. Oh my God. God, a revolutionary thought changing your mind? You're not allowed to do that. You're supposed to stick to one way and one way only, and that way I can peg you. Peg me? (laughs) I didn't sign up for that. For more information on pegging, see the right podcast for that. I've only heard about it a few times, and while I might be a kinky motherfucker myself, that is one avenue I have yet to traverse, and someone more qualified ought to speak on it. Rather than I All this is to say We can be Tolerant Upstanding Wise Well-spoken Polite Helpful And open-eared people While also enjoying old shit That didn't get every memo that we got today trust me, I'm even the old Conan stories from the 1930s, guys, come on, when I say 1930s, how are you not hearing every injustice screaming out at you? That just is a decade full of what all I could, the, the word I can think of is unsupervised, <laughs> as a lot of decades are. You know, It's just, as I'm reading them, there's a lot of things that are almost laughably tone-deaf. Do I carry that as a part of my philosophy of life? No. Can I still enjoy these adventures and derive some gold from these things? Absolutely. Come on now. That's what we're talking about here. If you throw out everything that comes your way, you're not going to learn anything. Because while I'm still learning to be a warrior in my own right, and I can't really speak for how fighting works, I have noticed one thing. When the monster is coming your way, the real monster, not the petty squabbles and the in my opinion versus your opinion, When real evil in the form of hatred and focusing on particular groups of people to oppress them, when that evil is coming your way and all you can do is point your finger and go, that's bad, and not actually match that feeling with an action that is therefore good, to cancel out that bad then we haven't learned a thing and I suggest we go back to the books we read what's happening and we see what's working and what ain't working thank you for your time thank you for your rhyme.